0: I want to thank you for being here to join us on that. Now, this morning, uh, we're continuing our series, The Days of Lyship, and the title this this morning is called The Pride Barrier. We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 5, if you're following along in your Bibles, but it's going to be on the screens as well. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but uh, while I'm here, I also want to just welcome you if you're a guest today. You'll notice in front of you, in, in the queue in front of you, there's a little connection card. And if you could take a few moments to fill that out, that would be great. That's just for us to be able to better connect with you. And if you have questions about our church, we to be sure to be able to answer that. And there's an offering box right at the back as we're heading out. So you can drop it right in the offering box. We just want to be able to say hello to you. And again, let's we'll talk to you more about our church if you have more questions about who we are. Now, this morning as we start the message, the Days of Elisha, we, we've uh, started a series a little bit before Easter. Then we kind of got into Easter season. So now we're returning back to this Talked a lot about Elisha. We've heard about Elijah. This morning we're going to continue the series there. No. Have you ever had a home project that you thought would be easy to repair or easy to fix? No problem, right? Uh, and then you find out that maybe it wasn't as easy as you thought it was going to be, right? One morning after I left our church in Arizona, actually I had resigned, so we're in this kind of we looked out our front window, and there was water gushing out of our front yard, gushing out of our front yard, all over into the street. And the main water line we found going into the house was broken. This came at a time where I was making next to no money. I didn't know where God was going to lead us next. We are still trying to figure a lot of things out. So calling somebody to come repair this water line was not an option. Just didn't have money for that.
1: So some of you remember our friend Scott and Mary Sue Smith. They
0: usually come every year from Arizona to visit us, and our family year we visited them because of our housing situation. They are coming back again this July. So I called Scott. Scott's a history teacher, so obviously he's going to be able to fix it, right? So I called Scott. He comes over. And we found how to turn the water off. We found the water main turned off, and we both had shovels. So we began to dig where we thought that that crack or break was going to be. And we found the source. We found where the water was gushing out. And we thought we had been at least somewhat successful, right? We found the spot. That's the that's first starting point. But then we proceeded to go to Home Depot and to get what we thought we needed to do the repair. And then we went back. Again, and again, and again, and again. We talked about it being ten times. I'm not really sure if it was ten or if we just stressed it to ten, but man, it seemed like ten times that we went back before the home Depot. Luckily it was like just around the corner from our house, so it wasn't a far drive we had to make. But eventually we did fix it. So there's the good news. Water main was fixed. We covered it back over their victory. Remind me of a true story I read about a man who went into a hardware store and he was getting all the supplies he needed to do a small repair job that like he thought, you know, around the house. And by now, you probably know where this is going, right? As he was leaving, this the owner said, I'll see you in a little while. Why? Asked the customer. Did I forget something? Is there something that I should be purchasing that I'm not even No, you have everything. He replied, it's just that Every do-it-yourselfer does a plumbing job, and then they mess things up, and they make at least three trips to the hardware store. I got that beat. Yeah. Well, said the man, I plan to be the exception. Famous last words, right? When he did return an hour later to get to get a replacement part that he damaged, the owner looked over, and with two fingers, said, See you in a little while. Well, the customer later said, they did not see me in a little while, because when the third trip was necessary, I went to a different hardware store. (laughs) See, pride is an interesting thing. It's an interesting weakness to have. It causes us to do, or sometimes not to do, all the, the things that we want to do in our lives. All kinds of things in our lives. Pride can hold us back from that. One commentator named William Barclay noted, he said, Pride is the ground on which all other sins grow. Pride is the ground on which all other sins grow. Proverbs 11, 2 reminds us this and explains that when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 16 18 said, Pride goes before destruction. Brother Richard will say pride goes before the fall. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before the fall.
1: And James 4, 6 reminds us that God
0: opposes, opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. In our text today, we're introduced to a proud man. Now, you wouldn't think he was a proud man when you first hear of him, because he just seemed like he's just a successful man. He's just very successful. He's important. He's skilled. He's very well-liked. His name was Nathan. Nathan. But he had this thing called pride. And this morning, what I'm calling this is a pride barrier. A pride barrier. The first point I want us to see this morning, to kind of focus in, is this. A witness can forever change a destiny. A witness can forever change a destiny. Let's start in 2 Kings chapter 5, and i going to read verses 1 through 3 this morning.
1: It says, The king of Aram
0: had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. See, Naaman was a successful man. He was victorious. He was known. But he was a leper. Leprosy was a skin disease that impacted the nerves, causing the skin tissues to degenerate and for the body to be disfigured and disformed. And at that time, it was incurable. And because of the nerve damage, you can easily burn yourself or cut yourself and not even... Kind of reminds me, of, you know. Imagine that in battle. Here's a commander that gets cut and doesn't even feel Reminds me of the Python in the Holy Grail, where the soldier's arms were being cut off, and he says, "Merely a flesh wound." Might have his advantages in battle, huh? But nothing but a miracle could save Naaman. Only the power of God could heal Naaman. And Naaman was the commander of an enemy nation. He was a Gentile. But Naaman needed the God of Israel. You should never underestimate the power of a simple witness. i to say that again. You should never underestimate the power of a simple witness. Here we have this little servant girl who went to the woman of the house and told her about God, a God that can heal Naaman. And these words were so convincing that this woman... Went and told her husband about it. You know what the servant girl said the other day? She does the silliest things. She said, "This god of Israel, this prophet in Israel, can heal." And then the husband went to the king and got letters to be able to go to the prophet to be healed. You see, the witness of a child went all the way up to the king of the land. A young child went to the king of the land. And I say that because you never know what your witness can do to change the life of someone else. Never underestimate the power of a simple witness. Your witness has the potential to change someone's life forever. Now, we've talked about this many times, but what does it mean to be a witness? As a witness I'm in a courtroom, you don't tell what you don't know. You tell them what you saw. And you tell what you experience. And that's what being a witness is for Christ. You just tell what you've seen. You tell what you've experienced in life. Last week, my 11-year-old son, Jonah invited people to our Easter Sunday. He was passing them out at school. And last week, because of those invitations that went out, six people came. Two parents and four kids. Because of one 11-year-old brought some Easter. Never underestimate the power of a son But like this little girl, this little servant girl, and like Jonah, you'll, you'll have to speak about this. You'll have to say something. You'll have to speak what you know. If you're an eyewitness, you tell what you know. You tell what you saw. You tell what you've experienced. You tell about what God's done for you. You tell about what God's done for someone else that you've seen. You've seen the change. You've seen the difference and you live out your faith. Why? Because a witness can forever change a destiny. How many of you this morning are proof or fruit of somebody who told you about Jesus Christ and witnessed to you with a simple witness and because of what they have done, you are in a different place in life today than you would have been had you not known Christ. How many can say that this morning? one of us, Never underestimate the of a simple witness. The second thing I want us to get from this is that Naaman had to be humbled to be healed. He had to be humbled to be healed. You see, the king of Aaron sent Naaman with an introduction letter to the king of Israel. What was this letter saying? Basically, this letter was saying, hey, this guy's a pretty big deal. You need to pay attention to him. He's my commander. He's won victories. He's a and the king of Israel was in despair because he thought the king of Aram was trying to pick a fight by telling him to do this impossible task that he can, He can't heal, right? He's not going to be able to heal Naaman. So he's thinking in this moment that he's just trying to pick a fight. But then Elisha sent a message. He inserted, inserted himself into the situation. And he said, send Naaman to me and he will learn that there is a truth This is where we pick up the story. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 9 and 10.
1: It says, So Naaman went
0: with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with the message: Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Now that seems like that seems simple enough. Simple instructions. That's all you have to do. Just go and dip in the Jordan River seven times and you're going to be healed. So here comes Naaman going to Elisha's house with this caravan of SUVs and his secret service around him, protecting him. He was successful. He was a powerful man. And a powerful man expects to be greeted by the people in charge. He doesn't want to talk to an intern. He doesn't want to talk to a messenger. He doesn't want to talk to a secretary. He wants the man in charge. This reminds me of a joke I heard, Joel, Wolfstein tell? He said, there was this man who called the church office, and he said, I want to speak to the head hog at the top. The secretary was offended. She said, if you mean the pastor, you're going to have to call him pastor, but you may not call him the head hog. He said, Well, that's fine, but I was thinking of making a $50,000 donation to your church. She said, Hang on, Corky just walked in. <laughs> you see, a man of Naaman's caliber expects to meet the baby man, he expects to meet the headlock. He was driven by pride. And this is the pride that has the potential. To be the barrier to our miracles, our own pride. We get in the way. Elisha wasn't impressed with his credentials. Elijah wasn't impressed with the letter from the king. Elijah wasn't impressed with the caravan. Elijah wasn't impressed with his title. Elisha, Elisha, let's say Elijah, Elisha. Powers, unless God gives me those powers in the moment when right? they Don't let pride, don't let the messenger, the interim, the secretary, the others around you keep you familiar. It's not about who prays you, right? it's about the God who creates. God can use anyone at any time. Is get over his pride and be obedient to what the prophet spoke to him. That's all he had to do. Simple directions. But his pride had the potential to keep him from this miracle. The thing he traveled all this way for, he, he traveled over a hundred miles to be here. And this was seemingly all for nothing. This is seemingly just going on the word of what the intern said, the prophet said. thing that we get from this passage this is one that many of us struggle with at different points of our lives the third thing is laying down your expectations, Lay down your expectations, see Naaman's expectation is that he was going to be greeted by the prophet maybe he'd even get a little bow of honor because of his position and we see his expectations here in verses 11 through 12 to 2 Kings 5, 11 through It says, but Naaman became angry, and he stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana, and the Parfar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in a rage. So here it is, an important man who traveled over 100 miles to be here. Now Elisha is telling him to travel 30 more miles to the river of Jordan. This prophet wouldn't even come out to meet him face to face to say anything to him. He was being told to travel to Jordan now and dip in the water seven times, which seems like a really ridiculous He was angry because he had a plan. And things did not go according to his plan. Anybody relate to that? Be honest with yourself. Is it any different today? We went in our way. We are wrong. And when we don't get our way, what happens? We get angry. We get upset.
1: When it doesn't happen the way we think it
0: should, what happens? We get angry. We didn't get our way. Maybe we want to be saved from our sins simply by going to church. Or by giving money or doing good things. That's how I want to be saved. But we want our salvation. It's the, the things that we do. All these are substitutes. See, Elisha didn't ask him to do something difficult. He didn't ask him to do something impossible to get his healing. Why? Because if he did that, and he was healed, that just would have increased his pride. Look what I accomplished. I did the impossible thing. That was me. It just would have increased his pride. But Elisha gave David a simple command, a humbling act. If you want to see God work in your life, lay down your Lay down your pride. It may not happen the way that you think it will. Now that you've listened to a witness, maybe you've been humbled in order to be healed. And you've laid down your expectations. Now you're on the last and most important step of what we learn here from Elisha and Naaman. The fourth step is trust. To receive God's grace, we have to submit to God's will. 2 Kings 5, 13-14 says, But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says, simply go wash and be cured. So Nathan went down to the Jordan River, and he dipped himself seven times as the man. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was healed. So Naaman here at this point was so close and so far away. He almost walked away from the mirror. He was ready to go back home. A leper, once again. Nothing happened. I didn't get healed. Here I am again. A leper coming back home. Naaman's officers reasoned with him. They calmed him down. Listen, let's think through this a bit. Don't do anything rash, Naaman. And said, hey, you've traveled all this way. Why not just go a little bit further and just do what the prophet said? See, it works. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but at least you can say you tried. trying. Right? may have something like that. So this is going to be a true act of So he dips himself in the water. First time, he gets up, nothing. Second time, he dips himself in that water. More listening. The, the third time he dips himself in that water, and he must be thinking, yeah, I must do stupid doing this.
1: The fourth time,
0: man, there is no way this is this really happening? There is no way this is happening. The fifth time, what am I doing here anyway? I should have left. And the sixth time, I should have never listened to that servant girl. She's making me look like a fool. And the seventh time. Healed. Praise God. I am healed. This one act of faith. This one act of faith. He lost his temper. He lost his pride. And he lost his God has so much more. God's ready to push them beyond the limit. For their miracle to take place. Our miracle to take place. What if you're so close, but pride or something else is pulling you back? We started about this year, we're saying. You will see God begin to So, how did he get here? He got here by finally trusting God's plan, laying down his product, laying down his expectations. So, we turn our That there is a God who can forgive.
1: That there is a God
0: who can break chains of addiction. That there is a God that can break down pride. And do you want all that God has for you? Do you want to tear down the barriers in your life? Be the first to employ yourself to be healed. Lay down your expectations. Lay down your
1: In other words, get out of your own way
0: and allow God to have his way. A BK have it his way. He rules. The first step is giving your life. de This morning. Whatever you reveal today, whatever is keeping us from happening anymore. This morning. y I'm glad we're here in this room. Maybe you're ready to take a step for Christ today. You're ready to give your life. Jesus is your son. I believe that when he died, he died for my sin. And I believe that he rose from the dead. And in this moment, I place all my in the name of Jesus. Well, I want to encourage you this morning that you said that prayer, if you're watching online, you said that prayer. If you're here this morning, your words are on the connection card There's a place for you to check off that you gave your life to Christ today. I want to be able to steps when you believe it. You just have to search for it. And that's a good place for you to start to grow in your faith. And I want to encourage you to do that and take some next steps. That's what I'm going to ask the congregation to stand as we close. My blessing And may the God of peace were brought up from the dead on the Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant of his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the day.